0: Welcome to the Awake Church podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. All right, Galatians 5, let's start there. Galatians 5, verse 1. I'm going to read verse 13 as well, but it says very simply. It was for freedom that Christ set you free. He wants you free, right? Then he says later, verse 13, for you were called to freedom. It is in the interest of God that you are free. And he has made everything available for us to be free. Not just to know about freedom, but to walk in freedom internally and certainly externally um, there are different people in different nations, they don't have freedom on the outside, but every person can be free on the inside. Every single person, we are called to that. Conversely, there's you know nothing more binding in life than someone who is enslaved internally, and that enslavement often has to do with something very simple, yet it's so profound. As I mentioned, when we were dedicating babies, I think they're the most amazing miracles on the planet, but often overlooked as a miracle. Something that is very powerful, which is often overlooked, has to do with this thing we all have heard about and know about called forgiveness. If we don't forgive, we are bound on the inside. And I found in my own life, my spiritual walk, I've had to often choose to and get cleaned out of by forgiving other people that have done things to me, perceived or real. Um, You know, in life, life has so much maintenance. Have you noticed that? Your car, your house, relationships, things break down if they're not maintained, You have to take care of things. There's effort. A lot of our lives, probably most of it maybe, (laughs) are about maintaining things, making sure that this is working well. And in our spirit, man, and for our freedom, this freedom that is talked about, that Jesus has in his heart for us to have freedom, there's some maintenance at times that has to be done on the inside to make sure that we are free. It's available, but we have to apply that. I remember we had a neighbor... Uh, This is when we lived south of Charlotte for a few years, met this neighbor, and when I met her, she just didn't look happy, for one, but she, when she would talk, what came out of her was bitterness, extreme bitterness. Her husband had had an affair, left her, abandoned her, and that, and it had been decades before, yet... She never was able to forgive, never let go of that, and that bitterness ate her up on the inside. So much so that she died died prematurely, really. And I think Chuck was even just sharing. Sometimes it's not just the natural heart; it's the it's the spiritual. What's going on on the inside, and this, in her case, I'm I'm certain um, didn't help her live longer anyway. She was eaten up on the inside that bitterness of never forgiving the person who had done her great wrong, not to lessen in any way what had been done to her, but what he did, she allowed to stay and to ruin her own life. And that that didn't have to happen. And to the degree that I provide a safe harbor for unforgiveness in my heart is the degree that I'm bound personally. To the degree that we allow unforgiveness to reside in us, we are bound. We're not free. Jesus wants us free. In the Old Testament, when it talks about forgiveness, there are really three different words that are in that. One is to cover over. Another is to lift up and away, and then to let go. So to cover it, to lift it up, and to let go. In the New Testament, forgiveness has even more power in the way that it's described, and it really is Another three words, but it's to cancel entirely, to remove the guilt and to send it away. That it's gone. It's a little bit like, I know there's probably no weapon like this, but if I were to have this huge cannon here that would shoot things into space, forgiveness is a little bit like that. You take the, the mortar and you load it into that thing and you send it away. It's, I'm never going to see that again. It is gone. I'm shooting it all. I'm sending it away all the way. Matthew 6 says, this is Jesus, If you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. There's a caveat to receiving forgiveness from God, and that is we have to forgive others. If I won't forgive someone that's done something wrong to me, God won't forgive me. Jesus said that so clearly. That is scary in many ways. I can want forgiveness. I can be open to receive forgiveness, but if I'm unwilling to forgive someone who's done something wrong to me, then I can't receive what God has for me. So that is how important this is. There's no excuse and there's no reason or special circumstance that would allow us to hold on to unforgiveness. Even if it's horrible, what's been done? And sometimes it takes time to get all the way free. Jesus granted us forgiveness to the depths of all of our sin, whether that was immoral sin Lying, stealing, cheating, idolatry, even killing somebody. Whatever we have done to that depth, Jesus has paid the price that enables us to receive forgiveness and sending away of all of those things from us. That's incredible. But we have to forgive others for that to happen. We have to be willing to do that. And that's not always easy. Probably one of the most difficult parts of this Christian life Jesus talked about in Luke 9.23, he said, if anybody wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Paul said it another way in 1 Corinthians 15.31, where he says, I I die daily. So there is a, for us who decide to follow Jesus, there is also, along with that, following a daily dying to myself. Now, what that means is in several different ways. One of them is means that I die to my personal rights of being able to be offended, die to the right of being offended, die to the right to be treated well or equally by everybody. The right to be fully understood by all and the right to have my own opinion heard. Now, it's great if those things happen. But if it's a right, and if any of those rights are violated, I hold offense, then I'm the one that's wrong. Does that make sense? And it can happen so often and so easily. These expectations that I need to be treated just perfectly, and, you know, that was never a promise. You realize that, right? In fact, the opposite is true. If we're going to follow Jesus, you will be persecuted. People are going to say wrong things. There will be hurt and harm in different ways. It will come through words and sometimes for many around the world right now, even physically. The promise was not to not be offended. The promise is that if you forgive those who offend you, you'll be forgiven. That's so different than expe- expecting or fighting to be treated well. Being treated well, if that's our highest highest priority in us, we're gonna be sorely disappointed and you're gonna be hurt and offended and bitter. We can't afford any of that. Now, what this doesn't mean when you forgive necessarily, what it doesn't mean is that, especially if you were young or you didn't know the Lord and you were abused, traumatized, taken advantage of, doesn't mean that you just ignore those things. Doesn't mean that at all. We need help in forgiving, but there still is forgiveness that is needed in that process of being healed on the inside. So much of getting free on the inside, um, where that's called inner healing and other things, so much has to do with focusing on what has been done to me and forgiving that person, because then I'm set free. It's a big part of that. And sometimes it takes a long time to get through that. And that's okay. You know, I love trees. I really do. And you see them uh, sometimes, you, especially if you go out and see the redwoods in California, 300 feet tall. But you realize it took 2,000 years for them to get that tall. Something beautiful often takes time to get that way. And someone completely free, though salvation is instantaneous the moment you receive Jesus, sometimes our freedom comes over time as we forgive, right? That's how this works. It's a process in many ways. But the enemy wants to restrict you, your freedom, keep you bound. He wants you in a prison of torment. He does not want you free. He wants you tormented. So he's going to try and cause things to happen in hoping that you, as a child of God, don't forgive and you're tormented for the rest of your life. Torment is basically a snapshot of hell. And hell isn't just a place after we die. Hell can be a place on the inside if you don't forgive. Because you live in a place of torment. I have experienced some of that. I've allowed it in my life at times when something was done really wrong to me and you end up waking up or staying up through the night and the thoughts continue to come after you of what they have done. Anybody experienced that? The thoughts come recurring over and over. What the picture of what has been done to you over and over and over. That's a torment. And we can be free of that torment. If there's a supernatural tool that we need in addition to love and healing in the body of Christ, I'm going to say it's forgiveness as well. Because there's a supernatural component to forgiveness that's not just natural. I'm going to talk about this. Jesus explained this for us. But it also, similar to what Chuck was saying earlier, sometimes what's going on on the inside affects what's going on on the outside. Your natural body. I remember being in a meeting. I was speaking on forgiveness like this. Man, 25 years ago. There was a 17-year-old girl in the meeting, and I talked about forgiveness. And I said at the end, anybody who feels like they need to forgive someone, the Lord is prompting you, go ahead and stand. And she felt the Holy Spirit say, stand. But she couldn't think of anyone to forgive. She didn't understand what was going on, but she stood anyway. She's wondering, why am I standing? She asked the Holy Spirit while she's standing, and this thought comes to her of people, her parents, that were done wrong by others. And so her unforgiveness was secondhand, like secondhand smoke, you know? There's secondhand bitterness or unforgiveness that can happen. You watch someone that you love get hurt and harmed, and that suddenly becomes something inside of you. Now you're offended. That's just as dangerous. You still have to forgive, even if it wasn't done to you personally. So she stood up. We prayed. I don't know that she necessarily felt anything, but at her life and that point of her life right now, and she tells this testimony, she had severe arthritis as a 17-year-old, that if she didn't have these high-power meds that she was on, she couldn't walk. they have to carry her around. So she was on high-level medication for as a 17-year-old. As she gets in her car and drives home, she feels the presence of God in the car right after the meeting, and she gets healed of her arthritis. God touched her in an incredible way, and it was attached to unforgiveness in that sense. And I've seen that in many times, especially arthritis. Sometimes it has to do with, not always, sometimes it has to do with unforgiveness, or it can be a root there. Remember another man, he was a teenager, almost 20 years old. I mean, just a likable guy from another nation, I was leading a school and he came into my office one day and uh, man, this I don't know how else to describe it other than a spirit of anger was on him. And he was mad at me. I hadn't done anything. I didn't know who he was really mad at. It came out later. But with clenched fists, shaking, he was a huge guy too. I thought he was gonna kill me. And just this boldness, I said, you're gonna leave my office right now. I'm gonna talk to you later. I did that, and I went and got some other guys. (laughs) We met with him and started talking and praying for him. I had two other pastors with me. As we were praying for him, he hits the deck, starts rolling like a crocodile, like a death roll, across the the floor, tearing at the carpet, taking the skin off of his knuckles and fingers. I mean, this anger coming out of him. We start praying. It's like, what is going on? It's like this word of knowledge comes about his dad. So we say something regarding his dad, and he stops rolling. All of a sudden, he just breaks. He starts weeping. He had this, his dad mistreated him and abused him physically. And this anger and this unforgiveness and bitterness turned into a spirit of anger that he adopted on the inside. And as he forgave his dad, that spirit left him, And he was free. You look in his eyes, it's like a completely different person. But he had to choose to let go. To send away this bitterness and this unforgiveness that was tormenting him. And that spirit of anger had no place to stay either. That man was set free. If we can put up this slide here, but he's probably seen this character. Amazing person. Frederick Douglass. One of our... Early fathers in our country, if you know his story, incredible, born into slavery, escaped after three attempts. His mom died when he was very, very young, never knew his father. Three attempts, he finally escapes, endured unspeakable horrors. And then after he's free, the Holy Spirit convicts him of unforgiveness to his slave master, toward his slave master. Now, that's amazing. Now, you'd think, okay, there should be some things you should just be allowed to hang on to. (laughs) In this case, the Holy Spirit didn't think so. And in every case. But over time, he starts getting convicted about how he's feeling about that guy. His mom probably died because of him. He's enslaved, beaten, all of those things. And the Holy Spirit starts to Work on him. So he begins to forgive. He writes his slave master a letter. Here's what he says. I entertain no malice towards you personally. There's no roof under which, I can't imagine writing this. There's no roof under which you would be more safe than mine. There's nothing in my house which you might need for your comfort, which I would not readily grant. Indeed, I should esteem it a privilege to set you an example as to how mankind ought to treat each other. This is a slave master. That's a man who forgave. He also became the first African-American vice presidential candidate, an ambassador, statesman, incredible guy. But the Lord won't let any of us get away with holding unforgiveness if we're going to be free you can be bound the rest of your life but if you want to be free we've got to face the worst thing that's been ha- that's happened to us and make sure that we forgive send it away this next photo you also will recognize her Corey Ten Boom younger photo and older photo same woman Corey Ten Boom if you know her story thank you or watch the movie the hiding place dutch woman Christian family, watchmakers, saw what the Nazis were doing to the Jews, decided to hide Jews, save their lives in their house. If you haven't watched the movie, you need to, or read the book. And as they are hiding these Jews to save their lives, helping them escape, they get caught. And she goes to the concentration camp with her sister. Her dad goes to a different one. Tortured, mistreated, her dad ends up dying. She watches her sister die. Over time, she gets set free. Years later, she's speaking in a German church. And at the end of the service, she's done speaking, this man comes up to her. She recognizes him, a former prison guard. Starts shaking on the inside. And she's just been preaching. And he extends his hand to her. I'm going to read here what she wrote herself. She said, and I still stood there with a coldness clutching my heart. Because he asked for forgiveness. He said, will you forgive me? She said, I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Jesus, help me, I prayed quietly. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. Lord, you supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretch out toward mine. As I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, I cried with all my heart. Sometimes healing happens this way, too. It's an act of the will. You don't feel a thing. In fact, you might feel the opposite. But you you thrust your hand out. And on the way, you say, God, help. Help me to forgive. Sorry. Matthew 18. I'm going to read this in the Amplified, verse 21. Then Peter came up to him and said, Lord, how many times... May my brother sin against me and I forgive him and let it go. Why am I crying? Sorry. <laughs> he says, sheesh. He says, up to seven times? Like that was gonna be his max. Jesus, how and how often do I need to forgive this guy? Like seven? Jesus answered him, I tell you, no, not up to seven. 70 times seven, 490. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a human king who wished to settle accounts with his attendants. Jesus tells a story after Peter asked that question. Here's what the kingdom of heaven is like it's like a king who wished to settle his accounts. And when he began the accounting, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents, probably around, if it says here, around $10 million worth in our money today. And because he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed in payment to be made. So the attendant fell on his knees, begging him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And his master's heart was moved with compassion and he released him. Forgave him, he canceled the debt. That's that counseling forgiveness. But that same attendant, as he went out, found one of his fellow attendants who owed him a hundred denarii, about 20 bucks. And he caught him by the throat and said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow attendant fell down and begged him earnestly. Same thing that he had just done. Give me time, I will pay you all. But he was unwilling. And he went out and had him put in prison till he should pay the debt. When his fellow attendants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. They went and told everything that had taken place to their master. Then his master called him and said to him, you contemptible and wicked attendant, I forgave and canceled all that great debt of yours because you begged me to. And should you not have had pity and mercy on your fellow attendant, as I had had pity and mercy on you. And in wrath, his master turned him over to what? the torturers or the jailers till he should pay all that he owed. So my heavenly father, this is Jesus speaking. If you're reading it in your Bible and it's in red here. So also my heavenly father will deal with every one of you if you do not freely forgive your brother from your heart his offense. That's some strong language. He's saying, you want to know what my father's like? I'm telling you, he's forgiving. He is compassionate. He's loving. But if you don't forgive, the torturers are free to torment you. And that's happened to me like over and over and over. Until I forgive, I'm tormented. You forgive, phew, the tormentors go away. And those tormentors come, at least when they come to me, it's like the reminder of not only what's been done It can can go beyond that. It can be like, why didn't they do the right thing? Why didn't they, why did they, they knew better? All these things. And then you're thinking, no, man, here's what I'd like to see happen to them. All those kind of things. It's torment, but it keeps you stuck in a moment of time that you're far beyond. But it takes you back to a place that is unhealthy and damaging and hurtful. And the context of this passage had to do with believers. Peter asked the question, my brother who sins against me. You know, sometimes it's easier to forgive an unbeliever because you expect them to not treat you well. But when it happens from a believer, I'm going to say it's harder to forgive. At least that's my experience. I've been ripped off for a lot of money. A lot. When I say a lot, I mean a lot from a believer. Other things have happened, huge betrayal, other believers. Those ones are harder to, at least for me, in my immaturity perhaps, to forgive, to let go of. But we can do it. We need to. We have to. And you know what? Those thoughts of them getting their due doesn't make anything better. Revenge doesn't make that go away. Justice served doesn't make that go away. The torture, it doesn't. Neither does time. That's one of the biggest lies ever told that time heals all wounds. It's wrong. Time doesn't heal anything. Forgiveness does. Right? Only forgiveness releases us from the tortures. Hebrews 12:15 says. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, because it will. And by it, many are defiled. A little root of bitterness from unforgiveness, allowed to grow, causes not only trouble, but what comes out of you becomes defiling to others. It is... Something we have to go after. It's like the the nastiest weed in your garden that you're gonna go after and deal with no matter what because you cannot allow that in your garden. This bitterness, unforgiveness in our soul has to be eradicated. We have to deal with it. We can't hope it goes away. We can't hope time heals it. We have to go after it and make sure that it's gone. Okay, I'm gonna skip some of this. We're late, but I wanna get to this part here. John chapter 20, such a powerful thing that happens here. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, this was after Jesus had been raised from the dead. When the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, He showed them both his hands, with holes in them, and his side, with a hole in it. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. What an interesting moment. The risen Savior shows them his wounds, side, hands. And then he, he breathes on them or I did it. He goes to each of them. He breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's going to come like a breath, receive him. If, and then the very next line, receive the Holy Spirit. Next, next line. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. So fascinating, the timing of this. Jesus is basically saying, not only is this me, but look what's been done to me. You've got opportunity for secondhand offense right now. And look what they did to me. How, and you watched it happen from a distance. Now, here comes the Holy Spirit. And here's the next thing, forgive forgive. Whatever happens to you, forgive. Forgive if you're offended at the Romans or the Jewish leaders because of what they did to me. Forgive. And here's the other part. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he enables us to do what we cannot do on our own. This is the supernatural part of forgiveness. When Corey Ten Boom raised her hand, that was the natural part the supernatural part was the feeling that started flowing down her arm and the forgiveness that came from her heart bam jesus says receive the holy spirit and forgive whoever does something to you with an act of your will choose to forgive and the holy spirit will help you and i've had to have that happen there've been those moments where i've been tormented 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 and i said lord would you help me forgive i want to but this This hurts. Would you help me, Holy Spirit, to forgive? And he does. He does. He can detach that huge barnacle. He can detach that poison, that root. He can rip it out. He will help us as we choose to do it. That's the supernatural portion that Jesus has given us by the Holy Spirit. How do we know if we are bitter or have unforgiveness? Well, let's just do a a test real quick, okay? Everybody, think of someone in your mind for a moment that has hurt you in the past in any way. They betrayed you, abuse, did you wrong, lied about you, stole from you. Think of someone that, that you have forgiven already. You've forgiven them, but someone who's done something to you in the past. Just for a moment. Now, when you think about that person, what kind of thoughts come toward that person? Are they thoughts of love, of compassion, of care for their soul? Or is there something underneath that that's like, God get them. Or wanting them to pay for some reason. If you got a phone call or you read the paper, no one reads the paper anymore. If you looked on the internet and saw that that person that you just had in your mind just won the lottery, how would you feel? Angry, furious, or could you be happy for them? Could you be, because there's no longer anything, any attachment, there's no root on the, in there anymore. You can bless them. You want them to succeed. You want God to do great things for their life. That is a litmus test for me when someone, when I feel like I've forgiven or have tried to, when I think about them being blessed, what goes on inside of me. If I really don't want that for them, that I probably haven't forgiven. And I've found also in my life that if there is some lack of joy or fruitfulness in my life, that's like that light going off in the dash of your car that something's wrong with the car. If something is if there's anger in me, if there's unfruitfulness, if there's lack of joy, if there's torment, then that's the dashboard light of my soul saying, you probably need to forgive somebody. We have to own our own sin and receive forgiveness, but then we have to own our unforgiveness and give that away, give forgiveness away to those who have done us wrong. If the Lord has brought someone to your mind, just as I've been talking right now, or maybe it's two or three people or a whole bunch, why don't we just, before we leave this room today, forgive? Is that all right? Let's just do this. You don't have to stand or kneel or anything. Let's just close our eyes. That person that comes to your mind, and, this is, and if you don't know who they are, but you feel kind of like that young woman felt, felt like she was supposed to respond but didn't realize it, who, who it was, We just ask you, Holy Spirit, if there's someone in our hearts that we have not forgiven, if there's any root of bitterness on the inside of us, Holy Spirit, we give you permission, freedom, to set us free by reminding us of who this is. And we bring them before you right now, and we bring our unforgiveness to you as well and we as an act of will this moment say I choose to forgive that person I choose to forgive them all the way 100% total forgiveness I choose it and now Holy Spirit would you help the feeling would you help empower that forgiveness to them and would you set me free and them we even now just put the candlesticks in the bag too and bless them and send them away regardless of what has happened to us and speak freedom to them and we receive forgiveness for our own sin. We receive forgiveness for anything we've ever done. And Lord, thank you that we want no blockages, Lord, in receiving your forgiveness for us We want nothing inside of us that would be an opportunity for the tormentor. And so we forgive and we say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us do that. And thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way. And as you were on the cross with ample opportunity to receive bitterness, to drink in gall, which represents bitterness, you said no. You will refuse to drink bitterness And you said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We just even say that now. Not only do we forgive this person, but we ask you, Father, to forgive them as well. We ask you, Father, forgive them. Lord, we ask you to bless them. We ask you to help them. We ask you to change their lives in a great way. Lord, we're asking, Lord, for your help for that person who's done this to us. Father, forgive them. We forgive and ask that you would too. And thank you, Lord, for the freedom we will continue to walk in, maybe once again, for the sky to be blue, for joy to be our portion every day. And Lord, I bless everyone hearing this today and ask, Lord, that you would help us, Holy Spirit, every day, every week, every month, to walk in this forgiveness, to live this forgiveness, to not let things stay on the inside, to not let these nasty roots grow, but to live free at all times. And for anyone who has such a deep abuse or whatever that has happened, Lord, I ask for your help to help them progress, Holy Spirit, day by day, little by little, to completely release And to be set free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.